This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. We are going back to the moon. Back to the moon. The moon. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> That's still funny today. That's still funny. That's we great. are going back to the moon. The moon. Back to the moon. The moon. Great. I love it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After 9. We are ready to go with a whole bunch of different things that are on our radar. Coming up in a few, we're going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump's speech from last night because... There was a couple of things that stood out to me as I watched the speech. Number one, I know that some people must have called some irony hearing Donald Trump call so many other people a lunatic. There's certainly no shortage of people that feel that he, too, is a lunatic. And it was just wild watching him give that speech last night, which was very, very fired up. So we're going to get to that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about TikTok, because as someone who's not a TikTok user, I think it's outrageous how hard and aggressive the West is going after TikTok, and and by my estimation, for no real good reason. But those are coming up. Let's start off with this, Cat. Experts say the CRTC, our federal telecommunications regulator, should now force Rogers, Bell, and TELUS to provide wireless phone service on the TTC (laughs) using the subway's existing infrastructure. The calls come amid a wave of recent violence, which I'm sure you've heard about because it's happening every hour of every day. As it turns out, there's already cell phone and public Wi-Fi infrastructure throughout the tunnels, but only Freedom Mobile has signed up to use it so far. Well, let's try and sort out what the problem here is. I think that if we're going to call ourselves a world-class city with a world-class transit system, yes, I was using air quotes, Mm. How can we not have a cell phone service in the subway? How I, honest to God, didn't know this. I didn't know that in 2023, unless you're a Freedom Mobile customer, your phone still has dead spots in the subway. I didn't know that either. I don't take the subway often at all. In fact, I think I took it um, once <laughs> in the last like 10 years. Okay, so I don't take it often. But I imagine there's a lot of people who are on those subways that would like to, I don't know, get things done or just spend some time doing that, you know, like just to waste some time, if you will, I guess, and just peruse whatever they peruse. I didn't know that, though. That seems a little behind. What the hell? Seriously? Are we really going to have to call in somebody just to be the voice of reason when it comes to transit? This should not be hard to figure out. Get the damn service installed. Yeah. Now, there's got to be a reason that Bell, Rogers, and TELUS have not hooked up to the existing infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Are we trying to charge them too much money? Or what's the problem here? Figure it out. And when it comes to all the violence on the subway, again, figure it out. Let's stop having meetings to discuss having meetings and get something done. Action is needed. Fix the fucking problem. How much money do we spend on the TTC every year and it doesn't even have cell phone service in the tunnel? Get the hell out of here. I was shocked, Kat, when I read that. And especially when the infrastructure's already there. They've just got to turn it on. Stop screwing around and fix this problem. I don't know if this is a 
Toronto Council problem, a Metrolinks problem, or what? Maybe but, it's a too many hands in the pot problem. Well, somebody better fucking figure it out, because this is unacceptable. People are getting shanked and stabbed and shot and chased and harassed, and people need to be able to phone 911 and call for help. We're sending you into a dark tunnel on a rickety train. And you have no yeah. cell contact with the upper, well, whatever's the, on the right side of the ground? That's right. And that's an important point because if, if that's me, let's say, oh, I got a job and I got to get from A to B and what makes the most sense for me is the subway. But you're telling me I can't connect to anybody and I'm feeling a little bit nervous about it safety wise. I'm way less likely to use that. I'm going to say, nope, I'm not even going to use it then. I will Uber. I will do any, I will walk over being afraid and not having any connection to self-service should I maybe need it. I know they have like the emergency phones. Do they still have those hooked up? They still have like emergency phones now and again, but let's be honest, that's only helpful if you're around them at the time you need them. Right. Your phone is right beside you. Yeah. You should be able to have yeah. contact with the world above ground. Yeah. It's I didn't insane. know. I didn't know that there was a, that there was a big of an issue as there is. Interesting. Ah, maybe I shouldn't have started with that. Now I'm all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> the price of gas shot up another four cents overnight and more increases are expected. Yesterday, oil hit $80.71 U.S. per barrel on word that OPEC Plus is cutting production by a million barrels per day. Industry analysts say the price could hit $100 U.S. a barrel very soon. Combined with Saturday's increase to the carbon tax, they say prices will remain at elevated levels for the foreseeable future. Well, that's just great. Since I'm all pissed off, let me go down this road. And I'm going to ask this question that many, many, many regular common Canadians just like us ask every day. Why are we paying outrageous prices for gas when we are swimming in oil in this country? We have so much oil in Canada. Why are we still buying on this open market and costing ourselves a fortune. Why can't we just refine more oil and have more gas for regular Canadians? It's a good question, and I feel like we never get a clear answer. It's always got to be complicated. It's like trying to borrow something. You have it right in front of you, right? And then you want to borrow it? Okay, but hang on. Sorry, I'm going to have to give this to this person, then they'll give it to that person and over here. So you're going to do it from there. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it just doesn't. I. We should I, be completely energy independent in this country. I'll just say it. We should be energy independent. We shouldn't need to rely on anybody. We should take care of Canada first. And if there's any oil left over, which God knows there will be millions of barrels of it, then we export it and keep the money. That's how any other person in this scenario would operate that business. How did we screw it up as badly as we did? I don't know. But I got a new car recently. And? Are you it, using premium? Yes. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. So if you feel terrible <laughs> about a dollar, what is it? 45? That's it's a dollar 54. 54 now. Right. It jumped that much. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a buck 75. I think that's fine. That's, that's on me. But, uh, I, I, I'll never understand that like geographically how, how that possibly makes sense. I just don't. The world is making big changes right now. And I feel like we're not even really getting full coverage of it here in Canada for whatever reason. We've got Japan. Uh, moving to a different currency. They're not going to be trading in American dollars. We have got India, China, and Russia all doing the exact same thing. We've got countries over in the Middle East that have got just as much oil as we do, if not more, and they're cutting production by a million barrels a day, which saves them money in production and makes them even more money because with less production, 
the price goes up and mm-hmm. they get even more. The price of oil was 60 bucks a barrel less than a month ago. Now it's 80 and they're saying it's going to go to 100. Something's got to give here. It's the summer climb, man. It's the summer climb. Some, places some, to go. All right. Guess what? Something's got to change here, Kat. I mean, the world is moving on and they're leaving us behind. We're fucking broke. Why are we not exporting oil like crazy right now? And that's not to say that that we have to abandon this new green economy or the green revolution. But we know it's going to be another six to ten years before the majority of people are in electric vehicles. Until then, we need oil. We need gas. Why are we paying more for it now? Just Give us a break and start producing more Canadian oil. This should be a no-brainer. How are these people in Ottawa screwing this up so badly? Alberta's dying to do it. Newfoundland is dying to do it. Let's use more Canadian oil. I do, I, again, like, I don't know. Have we ever even received a clear answer as to why we're not? I don't get it. It's so convoluted. It's a combination of the environment, which they'll never actually say, but they really don't want us using Canadian oil. And, and somebody's making some money off of it somewhere. Somebody yeah. it's is a money thing. It's got to be. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like it's making the nation wealthy. It's making individuals wealthy. And that's what really frustrates me is that we're all paying these prices when we could us in America. We could go it alone. And between the two of us be completely energy independent. We don't need the world for anything. And we could sell what's left over and make a fortune and pay off this debt in no time. But they won't do it. And it's crazy to me. Let's go to last night. A very historic day. The uh, U.S. news media is in just a tizzy over all of this that's happening. The first ever former president indicted on criminal charges. And and even the Canadian news media, to a certain extent, I, I was watching a couple of the news networks here in Canada last night, and they were covering this Trump speech as well. So for anybody who doesn't know, even though I'm sure that you probably do, He was in New York yesterday, indicted on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records. Trump calls that ridiculous. You're about to hear him. He then returned home to Mar-a-Lago at Palm Beach, and he gave a speech to supporters there. Here's a little bit of Trump speaking last night. Thank you very much, everybody. We have to save our country. God bless you all. God bless you all. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. (laughs) The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that? They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two. The illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago, right here. The lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ relentlessly pursuing Republicans the unconstitutional changes to election laws by not getting approvals from state legislators. He goes on and on and on and lays out a a really interesting case for why he's angry. (laughs) And he is angry. He's mad that he had to go to court. He's mad he had to go to New York. He's mad that he had to fly back and give an angry speech. He's just pissed off in general. But the amount 
of numbers that his polls have gone up in the last three weeks is crazy. The guy's up at like 60, 70%. They're actually making him more popular by trying to prosecute the guy. Didn't think about that. It's uh, And in addition, he's raising a ton of money. He's raised millions in the last few days alone. They are helping his campaign. That's for sure. But I don't think they mean to do it. Like, they've got to be asking themselves, well, this always works in the past. I mean, that's sort of the way they do it, right? They like to create an uproar and create a scandal. And I think for the most part, people just want to be calm and normal. Governments that are not even good governments, but that keep their nose clean and stay out of scandals, usually survive a long time. They thought that if they created a massive scandal around Trump and said, we're going to indict the fucking guy, he'll be the first one in history, ex-president, to be indicted on criminal charges. And by the way, all indicted means is charged. It doesn't mean he's been convicted. It doesn't mean he did anything wrong. He probably did something wrong, but this is not something that they usually would go after. You go after the crime, not the man. In this case, they're going after the man, not the crime. And can, like, and, but let's back up a little bit more. Is this because he used hush money? He used government money for the hush money? No. He okay, used his so, own money. But that's, okay, gotcha. I just wanted to confirm that because I'm like, that's where I'm unsure. Yeah, the reason they're going after him is it's not even really in dispute. He paid off money to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, a former Playboy model. And it was because he had had a consensual sexual relationship with them. He just wanted them to shut up while he was running for president because he didn't want them coming out saying, oh, I fucked Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, it, it, in like when you look back, I don't think that would have even changed his camp anything. Well, that's the thing. It might not have. I mean, we heard the whole grabbed her in the pee thing, right, that happened. Yeah. And that didn't affect it either. No. <laughs> so I'm not sure what, what if the, well, obviously it wasn't worth it. For him to do that. Well, it's funny because there's some politicians that are so virtuous, right? They come out and they want you to think that they're an angel and they're uh, they're just the greatest thing ever and they're an exemplary citizen. And then when you hear something wrong about them, you go, oh my God. Right. There's some people who, and, and even if you like Trump, just hear me out on this. There's some people who, who basically just understand and know. Trump's a pretty shady individual. He's probably done a lot of illegal shit that we yes. don't even know about. Yes. However, you're okay with it because he gets results. And in a way, that's kind of what's going on in Canada on a different scale. If you're a liberal, for example, you still love Justin Trudeau. You probably don't love that he did blackface so many times he can't even remember how many times. You probably don't love that he keeps getting convicted of ethics fines, but he's getting your liberal agenda passed. You got to like that. The Mm. same thing happens with Trump in America. There's Republicans who know, yeah, Mm. he fucked a porn star and paid her to shut up about it. That would probably disqualify most politicians. But people have such a low bar for certain people that they just think, yeah, in hindsight, we probably should have seen that coming. Right. So right. That, Trump is getting a pass. And I feel like those who hate him that want him either in jail or to never run for office again can't figure it out. They can't figure out why nothing is sticking to this guy. That's why. Because they didn't have very high expectations of him to begin with. They just want him to negotiate deals and fix the economy and get jobs. And as long as he's doing those things or saying he's going to do those things, they don't care who he fucks. They really don't care. Let's move on to TikTok for a second. Britain's privacy watchdog hit TikTok with a $16 million fine for misusing children's data and violating other protections for users' personal information. Maybe you're hearing that thinking, oh my God, they violated children? 
<laughs> that's all you hear. That, there's some people who will hear that. No, that's not what happened here. The UK Information Commissioner right. says TikTok allowed as many as 1.4 million children in the UK to use the app despite TikTok's rules that prohibit anyone under 13 from setting up an account. The company says, yeah, it works hard to keep the platform safe and off limits to kids under 13. But it's not worth fighting the UK government on this, so they're just going to shut up and pay the fine. I don't think they should pay the fine. It's almost time for TikTok to stand up and say, if you're going to start doing this shit to us, go after Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other ones that are doing it too. How can they stop someone from lying about their birth date when they create an account. That's like an impossible thing to do, I think, because anyone can lie about it. And God, like 12-year-olds are smart. They understand what's going on. But my question is, violating the data, What is there is there a speculation or something that they sold the, that data to companies or something? Like, I'm confused what that part is about. No, no. It's no? just because kids are producing content on there and they're not supposed to have accounts. So if a video of a... 12 year old is on there and they're sharing it like they're not but supposed again, to do that like yeah how are you supposed to fully control it they have people constantly um checking out flagged posts for example on any social media site they have people constantly checking flagged posts and, and it's not a perfect system because sometimes things get flagged and you're like why did this get flagged and you can ask about it um i got flagged for a post and then they had to explain to me what it was tiktok specifically and then i was like oh okay so that was on me you got flagged I did, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was a paid it was a paid deal. Oh. And although the paid deal was not with an alcohol brand, I used alcohol in my endorsement ad. Oh. Yeah, it was just like in the background. So I took that part out. It was just like a quick little part and then boom, it was fine. So like little things like that though, like that's on me to figure out. I get it. That's a weird technicality. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange it's a strange one. Did you drop a do you know who I am on them? <laughs> no, they know who I am, obviously. But that's I was no exception to any rule. Right. Like I had to abide by the rules like they didn't they don't care about that. So they do take rules very seriously. But the question is, how do they like you said, how do they control that? Look, I know maybe older people you don't understand. Young people are smart. My kid can bypass rules and agreements and shit on apps if she wanted to. She's five. Okay, she's Mm -hmm. five. She could figure it out. It would not take her too long to figure out. Oh, as soon as she starts, she's starting to read already. So she could read. Oh, you have to be this old. Uh, Okay. And once she figures out what year that is, sure, she could plunk that information in herself. Or maybe parents are doing it because they don't give a shit. Maybe their parents are just like, whatever fucking, here, here, there you go. There's my info. Now go have at or have your TikTok account. It could be a number of things, but how does TikTok control that? They can't. They can't. It's just picking on them. That's all they're doing is picking on them. They don't like China. So anything even remotely associated with China, they're going to try and demonize. Them trying to demonize TikTok is so misguided in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that they're owned by a Chinese company. I get it. I've heard all the arguments. Let's stop screwing around with this. Whatever TikTok wants, they can have it now. They've already got it. They're not spying. They want an app that competes with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. That's all they want. And we do nothing but try and get in their way while ignoring the North American companies that are doing the exact same shit. Mm -hmm. Either leave them alone or apply the law evenly, but you can't keep centering out TikTok just because it's a Chinese company. That's ridiculous. And it starts and it starts something, right? Like you mentioned, it's going to start something. The UK did it. They agreed to pay the fine. 
That's a hefty chunk of change, does, 16 million bucks. But again, like uh, even going forward, how have they said what they're going to possibly do or what they can't even do? I don't know. They'll probably put in a button. Hey, if you suspect this user's underage Got or something it. like that, Got click it. this button. It'll be something just to say they're addressing it, but you can't fight it. You just can't. It's like when the person sues Tim Hortons over uh, getting burned so they had to put caution hot on a hot cup of something yeah. just because of a lawsuit. Similar, right? A new report says Toronto's downtown offices are the most vacant they've been in almost <gasps> 30 years. You know, I wonder about that a lot. The report, and this is another one where they're cooking the books, they're spinning the numbers, and I'll tell you why. The report from the real estate firm CBRE says Toronto's downtown office, office vacancy rate hit about 15% in the first quarter of the year, the highest it's been since 95 Ottawa recorded its highest downtown office vacancy rate of all time at 13.2%. The report suggests tech businesses are right-sizing and there's more opportunity to work from home. This is one of the biggest lies that our leaders are telling us right now. They're telling us two things. Number one, they're saying the economy is doing great because employers can't find people to work and the unemployment rate is low. That's also part of the justification to bring in half a million refugees or immigrants every year. The reality is, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, they've made things so unaffordable in Canada that there's a lot of people who picked up a second job. That's part of the reason that there's very, very few people saying, I'm not working or that there are not a lot of job vacancies. People are working two jobs. Now, when it comes to this, they might want to try and claim, oh, well, that's just because more people are working from home. The reality is all of us have access to the news every day. And we've all heard how many tens of thousands of people have been laid off and fired, particularly in the tech industry, mm -hmm. in the last six months. How can they possibly say, ah, it's just, yeah, they closed down their Bay Street offices and told everybody to work from home. Uh, maybe some of them did. Some of them do, yeah. But a lot of people have lost their jobs and they don't need offices that big when they cut their workforce by half. Uh, That's a big part of it too. My question here is with, let's say this is legit, okay? So these offices are emptying because these people are working from home and they're no longer leasing this building and now there's vacancies. How is it that the prices of places downtown, because let's say this is me, let's say I work for a company and I make decent money downtown Toronto and I'm told, Kat, you can work from home. And I said, great, you bet your ass I'm getting out of downtown and I'm not living there. Uh -huh. So why is it that the price of homes rent for places in downtown Toronto, I mean, everywhere tie, but in downtown Toronto, especially are this high still? Because if you look at the vacancy numbers, and you think more people are working from home, would you assume they're working from home in Toronto? And maybe the answer is no, they're not. But there's got to be a correlation between the two. So I can't understand why the prices are so high of homes if most of these people are working from home. You're absolutely right. Because the chances of you living and working downtown are high. Yep. You're not living downtown Toronto, but, oh, no, but I know I work in freaking Milton, but I live downtown Toronto because I love spending money on this shit. <laughs> Nobody does that. It's the other way around. So that those that, that math ain't mathing to me. You're 100% right. Again, it's an example of them cherry picking little stats to try and make it seem like everything's great when we know it's not. Uh, Public Health Ontario's in the news. They say the number of cases of sexually transmitted infections has been rising consistently. Specifically, public health says 
a rising trend in chlamydia, gonorrhea, and infectious syphilis. STIs are caused by microorganisms, such as viruses or bacteria, that are transmitted through sexual contact. The World Hor- Health or- <laughs> <laughs> the World Horror Organization. <laughs> the World Health Organization says there are more than 350 million new STI cases reported around the globe every year. So again, another question. Let's just do common sense shit. Let's talk about healthcare. Why do they not test for STIs when they do standard blood tests? When they do blood tests, just, oh, it's time for my annual physical, or, ooh, I'm not feeling all that well, so you go to the doctor and the doctor orders some blood work. Why are STIs and STDs not included in that standard set of blood work? That's always something the doctor has to order separately, and in some cases, you might even have to pay for it. Is that done through blood work? They can test through blood work, absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be. I think it is because it has to be separate. They can't just do things without your permission for do it to do things. I think that's why. It just seems like a routine screening for stuff like that would help. If there's 350 million new cases every year, this would be a common sense thing to test for, wouldn't it? I really want to know like where these locations are like pinpoint me is there's one on the rise more than others i ask because i think about like apparently in the long-term care i shouldn't say just long-term care centers in the retirement homes the senior, and in citizens. The senior citizens that's where it, you have a boom yep. and then you've got a boom with the young people just starting to date not realizing or paying attention in health class being at a health class i mean oh fuck i can get gonorrhea oh fuck what do you know <laughs> you know like it's it's usually one of the two but not always of course anybody can 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 get an sti and sti when you say that it's a broad term like sure. there's lots of different things under that um that umbrella if you will with various right? levels of severity with too. various levels of severity so i'm like i'm not being specific on one or the other but i would be curious to know if there's if like where they're coming from you know what i mean like do we need to educate young people more do we need to re-educate old people I don't think old people got educated in the first place, to be perfectly honest true, with you. True, There was a lot that was unknown in back in their day, I'm sure. Yeah. they. Um, what you said is bang on, and I hear about this anecdotally a fair bit. Apparently, like, some of the retirement homes or the old folks' That's homes. That's true. Or the retirement communities yeah. where people are healthy, they just all live in a common area. They're banging like bunnies yeah, in there. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't because what they're not getting pregnant, so like no, yeah. they don't give a shit. There's no protection. There are places actually because I remember we had this conversation once, and someone that worked at a retirement home said we actually have had to talk to them about it, like because they've caught them fucking each other in their rooms and been like, "We'll provide you with con, please wear condoms. Like you still have to." And they were even like, like you said, I don't know if it's an age thing or like they forget. Well, back in my day, yeah, we didn't need, need to wear no rubbers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need them. Like, no, you. I was a bareback rider yeah. back in the day, and I'm not changing now. Until they're coming up to them saying, it hurts to pee, or whatever the case is, right? I got a big <laughs> red rash. Like, and then guess what? That's taxpayer dollars that leads them to see those doctors and nurses and stuff. It would right? be a lot cheaper to just hand out condoms and, and hope that it, they use them. And they have them. Like, I mean, they are available. I don't, I'm not going to speak to every home, but I remember when we talked about this once, there was someone that works in long t- uh, in a retirement. I'm not sure if it was long care term care or retirement but anyway in a home that was like oh yeah we've got a basket of them and we need to hand them out like it's it's crazy isn't it kind of like neat to think about a when you're bit. old do you like bit. think about if we're all blessed enough okay if all of us are blessed enough to be there in that position where we're in a retirement home we're getting old as fuck and that is a blessing by the way don't think of it as a sad thing 
and your partner's, maybe your partner, your love of your life is gone. Maybe they're with you. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you're divorced. You're whatever. You got a room to just think like, well, I got nothing else going on. I might as well fuck like, anybody and everybody <laughs> who's in here. I'll fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I, kind of a weird thing. I wonder, I wonder how far it goes. Like, is there like a ringleader? Is there somebody planning out? Okay, tonight, Murray, you're going to Trudy's room. <laughs> And, and, and then when Trudy's all done and cleaned up, she's going to head over to Eddie's room over there. Is it like that? Are they doing like threesomes and shit? Like, are they like just getting hog wild? Basically, what I'm asking is if it's like an old person orgy or if this is very, very regular old school missionary one-on-one -on -one oh, yeah. in a semi-committed relationship. No, no. I, I bet you it's a bit of a, a bit of a ordeal. And I bet you there's drama. I bet there's drama I too. I think that there's stories like, oh yeah, Jack said that he would never fuck around on Nancy after they banged, and but there he is banging Lily over here. He's like, over in Merle's room yeah. right now. <laughs> Merle or Pearl? I can't hear you. I said Merle, not Pearl. <laughs> okay, but think of the convenience. It's just down this the is hall. What I'm saying it's like, and li and listen, there's a. There's activities. Okay, I'm very familiar with with uh, the shuffleboard oh, and the croquet and the I'm, lawn darts. I'm just gonna say old age homes, okay? Because I've had family in them many years when I was really young, and then more recently, I've seen it all. They've got activities, Scott. They even have like sangria Sundays and shit. There's some great spots. My grandma was in a spot. And actually, you know what? Seasons in Milton. I'll, I'll, I'll shout them out because they always had activities planned. And I would look at their calendar when I went to visit her. I'm like, fuck, I want to stick around for this boozy bingo. They're drinking. They're having a great time. No problem. But at a certain point, you're probably looking at the schedule, living there going, I don't want to play bingo or I don't want to go to that Zumba class. Maybe just take a walk around and see who wants to fuck. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens. Right. Do they like... Because they don't really text or anything like that. Do they like slide notes under the door? Like, <laughs> I'll be naked in 204 if you're not busy. It's always very obvious because they've got like the landline phones in each room. So yes. it's like room two, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> and then you hear the phone ring down the hall. Boing, boing. And it's loud because they can't hear. <laughs> exactly. You wake up half the floor because you're trying to figure out if they're uh, in their room so you can do them. So most of the time when that phone rings, it's either uh, like the concierge reminding you that your bills do <laughs> or it's a booty call. That's what that is. Or family members there to visit. When, and imagine it's what it's, you think it's one. You're like, there it is. There he is. Henry's calling. <laughs> and then you pick up the phone. They're like, oh, hi, it's the front desk. Your, your daughter's here. Ah, oh, fuck. That's not what I wanted to hear. All right, I'm coming. Tell her I'm going to need <laughs> half an hour. Go circle the parking lot. Just to get to the room. <laughs> uh, we love old people. We really do. They're the best. I'm happy for them. They're in their sunset years. They worked hard. They, it's great. They paid their taxes, probably Honestly, raised a family. Fuck them. If I they want to get at it, go ahead and get at it. Oh, yeah. I hope I can be in one of those bougie ones, too. Some of those retirement homes are crazy. Mm-hmm. Probably not the way the economy's going. We're all probably stuck living in boxes or with our kids. But <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I look forward to the prospect of it. 21% of adults say it is okay to have a work spouse. 45% say not appropriate. It comes down to how you feel about the term work wife or work husband. And whether or not you actually enjoy that term. 
for those who don't know, your work wife or your work husband would be someone that you have a strong platonic bond with outside the house, but there's no romance involved. Uh, people have said that to me before. You know, oh, cat, your work wife. And I'm thinking, nope, no, she's not my spouse not in any thing. way. Like, no, sir. Yeah, I don't I don't like the I don't like that work wife, work husband thing, and I've seen it before. And I've even seen people declare it for other people, which is weird. Like we worked with people once and he she was in like a promotions kind of thing and he was a production person and someone was just like, Oh, I love how you're their work wife. Yeah, yeah, I'm your work wife, aren't I? And I'm thinking like you can't just like you're probably making him feel really uncomfortable. You know, things like that. I, I think it could bring, it's the wrong idea too. And maybe you think it's harmless and maybe, and I'm sure it is like, absolutely. You're the intention isn't there to be harmful, but the, I, they're colleagues. They're, they're your colleague and that's it. And maybe you are uh, friendly with them. Maybe you are, have a friendship as well and that's fine. And maybe you feel almost motherly or, or wifey or husbandy to them, whatever the case is. And maybe you feel that extra bond. That's great. There's nothing wrong with having that bond, but the work husband, work wife thing, I've never understood it. 82% of millennials are not okay with the term work wife oh, or go. work spouse. Right. 82%. 40% of boomers say it's just fine. So only 60% don't like it. Is that just an old person thing? Do they feel like they need to tie spouse to it? I don't understand that because yeah. what you said was spot on. We're professional people. The people we work with are colleagues. It doesn't matter if you work with them for two minutes a day or five minutes a week or every minute that you are on the job. It's not your work spouse. Spouse mm -hmm. is something reserved for someone else in your life that's totally different. I know. Why do we need to always try to put names on things? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. You could be a colleague that's close or have a friendship and maybe you're friendly um, as a couple, for example, like your spouse and that person get along and stuff. It's, but I'm just trying to figure out if my, if I came home from work and I was like, oh, so my work husband today, you know, whoever that might be, John, and my husband would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Work husband. Like, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, I totally. don't know. I, and no one should be more upset than your actual husband yes. or wife. I'm, I'm wondering, wondering, my husband would not take that well, I think. If no. I was like, oh, so my work husband, he'd be like, what an actual fuck? Do I have to track you? Like, what do you mean your work husband? <laughs> Have yourselves a great Wednesday, everybody. It's a Wednesday that feels like a Thursday. It does, which means, you know what? We'll make the podcast. Now, listen, Dave's off this week, so he won't be joining us for the third Thursday pod, but we'll certainly be treating it like a Friday and that it's going to be a lot of fun ahead of a long weekend for most people, not everybody, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. So make sure that you uh, download that episode and also rate us five stars if you're listening on Spotify, please and thanks. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> Bye. History was made as former President Trump became the first U.S. president to ever be arrested. Trump made history. Uh, the only good news for Trump in Florida, all the history books have been thrown out. So it's all right. <laughs> former President Trump was arraigned inside the New York County Criminal Court in Lower Manhattan. And I think it really says something that the craziest part of that sentence is still former president. That guy <laughs> was the president of the country. If you asked for the manager at Best Buy and that guy came over, you'd say, no, the manager. Yep, Trump was actually fingerprinted. Uh, they didn't even use an ink pad. They just used the McRib sauce that was already on his fingers. <laughs>